Welcome to Miami Creators, a show about Miami's most influential businesses, individuals, entrepreneurs, and more. I am your host, Carano, and on today's episode, we speak with wedding photographer Steve Lawson of Michelle Lawson Photography. Steve's studio is one of the most active in South Florida, photographing 100 plus weddings each year all over the states and abroad. And that is on top of countless other engagements, families, and event sessions. On today's episode, you'll hear Steve and I talk about his journey into photography, his unique approach to business and family life, turning down seven different reality TV show offers, and so much more. It is safe to say that Steve's life is anything but ordinary and can best be described in two words, or as Steve would put it, wild and free. So without further ado, enjoy this fun and inspiring conversation with Steve Lawson. Steve, welcome to the show, man. What's up? How's it going? Things are good. Dude, as soon as I was planning this, I knew you were going to be one of those guys that I absolutely needed to have on the show. You lead a very inspiring life for those that know you and even those that don't know you. I'm sure they're going to find it very inspiring, both on the business side, on the family side. And so I just wanted to give you a chance to intro yourself, give a little bit of background, who you are for those that may not know. Perfect. Let's do it. So my name is Steve Lawson. My wife and I own Michelle Lawson Photography. We have seven kids, six boys and a girl. And we didn't start the photography to be photographers. We kind of did it almost as like a side gig and just totally fell in love with the whole vibe of being at people's day, you know, be, being a part of their best day of their lives. We just hit, you know, just over 10 years now and we've been doing this full time ever since and it, we don't look back. We started off as a husband and wife team and then our first year doing weddings, we ended up doing 86 weddings. And the first my, year? First year. We did 86 weddings. My wife was like, I want to be a stay-at-home mom, which has been my dream. <laughs> and I have three kids at home now. And so I was like, well, babe, I want to keep doing this. So she became a stay-at-home mom and we just kept, I just kept going. And the name of the company is Michelle Lawson Photography. So people always want to know where Michelle is. And I always say, believe me, she's not been around a camera for like eight years. <laughs> Everything we do, we do because of our personal experience that we want to bring to the table. I, I always go off of, you know, do what you want done for you. And if you're treating people the way you wish you were treated and everything, you're always going to have a great experience with your clients because you're giving them the experience that you would want. Right. So I always really strive at trying to make sure that everything I do, I do. How would my wife want this? Would my wife be okay doing this? You know, and in what we do unto others, right? Exactly. So, when we sat down and asked ourselves, like when we started doing weddings, we kind of came up with package A, package B, package C. And we looked at it, we go, holy crap, we're putting everybody in a box. So we came up with, instead of doing the traditional packages and doing all that stuff, we kind of just wrote down everything that we wish we had. And still to this day, I still think it's unique and different in the fact that, yes, other people might be doing what we're doing, but they're not going to have the same experience because I pour my heart and soul into everything I do. Because in the wedding business, you're not only a photographer, you're also a therapist, you're a back massager, you're, you know, I'm walking up dresses, I'm bustling dresses, I'm doing hair and makeup. You know, I've literally, I can't, I can count, you know, time and time after again, times I've washed bride's feet after going on the beach. 
And that's the kind of stuff that they talk about, right? Yeah, obviously the work has to be top-notch, the quality images and everything, but those are the stories that your brides are most likely sharing to their bridesmaids, or even the bridesmaids are looking at Yeah, they're watching, yeah. We've been actually flown to from really cool places for weddings and for photo shoots. Um, We just got back from Provence, France, for a wedding that was there for nine days with the couple. She was a guest at multiple weddings here in Fort Lauderdale in Miami, and saw me at all these different weddings and she kept seeing me. She's like, this guy's insane. I love him. So she called me and was like, we're you know, having a small little wedding somewhere else and then we're doing a big party. We want you for the party. I said, what about your wedding? She goes, well, we're getting married in France. And I was like, and? Let's do this. So I gave her a price to go to France and the party and I gave her a price just for the party. She chose me for my wife and I to go with her. So I did take Michelle on that wedding. <laughs> nice. It's like a little mini honeymoon. But uh, yeah, we were there for nine days and we followed the bride and groom around and took photos, but it was all because of the experience she saw with me interacting with the brides, the families, the couples, making everybody feel very comfortable. Right. So I think that's really important. A lot of times you're right. Photographers get stuck in their images, which is obviously important. That's why they hired you is to capture images of their day. But at the end of the day, it's also the experience. I heard at WPPI actually with you many, many, many years ago, I still have it in my notes that it's not about your experience, it's about the experience. And that that stuck with me because it's true. You already know the experience you're gonna get with us because you've seen my work. Right. So now it's about your experience, about the experience. And so that's what it's all about for us is always making sure that experience for the bride and groom, the families, the bridal party, everybody involved in the day, the wedding planners, what I call the wedding gatekeepers, you know, they're, they're doing their work So I want to make sure that they're appreciated and they're taken care of even. So my assistants will even bring them drinks, you know, like water and stuff, just to make sure everybody's on point for the bride and groom. So obviously you talked about how you started, but was this what you've always done? What what was your background in? So before that, that's a a really big question. Um, I've grown up my whole life. My mom would give me advice like, Okay, so who do you want to listen to on the radio? We have Zig Ziglar, who, by the way, if no one knows who Zig Ziglar is, king of all sales. Exactly. Um, So it's either Zig Ziglar or Michael Jackson. I mean, they were talking about the 80s and 90s, you know? And so I was given those two choices of when I was growing up in the car, and I would get tired of Michael Jackson, believe it or not. So I would have to start listening to Zig. And he became my personal coach. I mean, like, we listened to him on the radio and listened to him on CDs and tapes and all this stuff. So growing up, as an, I was basically raised to be an entrepreneur, to be a business owner, to run my own life. Um, I got into real estate. I still, to this day, hold a state record, by the way, for how many times it took to learn how not to take the test. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning I did not pass 19 times. So on the 20th Jesus. time I passed the real estate test, I thought I could just talk my way into it and just kind of know everything. I was raised in the real estate business. My mom did it for you know 30 plus years. So I thought I knew everything I needed to know and I just kind of showed up and didn't pass and then didn't pass and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So finally, when I did pass, it was the best day of my life. You know, we kind of just started marketing like crazy. Well, in 2005, the big storm Wilma hit, things started to slow down in the real estate market. 2008, it was pretty much, you know, foreclosures, all this stuff, big mess, it was huge. And so we started doing photography really out of just, a need of some extra cash, you know, to pay the mortgage, to pay bills and to not like lick over lifestyle. So we never dreamt of doing photography full time. It was never a part of my life. I never thought that, oh, when I'm a, 
you know, grown adult, I'm going to be a photographer and shoot weddings and clean, you know, bride's feet. Like that was never part of my plan. What got us to buy a camera in the first place was we were actually at Disney World with uh, two of our really good friends, Tara and Seth Blessing. They're still to this day, amazing friends. And she had a camera. It was a Nikon, like P90 or P whatever it is. It was one of those cameras with a fixed lens. And she took a photo of all of her kids. And I was like, holy smokes, that's the best photo I've ever seen in my life. You know? And so I was like, I need that camera. So I bought the camera, started taking pictures of her own lives, of her own families. And our friends would come over and go, who the heck's your photographer? Your photos are amazing. And we look at each other and laugh and say, it's us. One thing led to another. When the market started to go you know, south in the real estate, I put it on Facebook. Hey, who wants a photo shoot? Here's some of my work. Let's go do some photos on the beach. Let's go here. Let's go there. Have some fun. And it was all, all the work that you put up was all your family? It was my family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did like, you know, like our, like Michelle's sisters and right. stuff like that. Like she's a one of five. So we would shoot like them. We would do things like that. But then when I posted the photos, yes, majority of it was Michelle and I. That's awesome. And people would see it and go, man, those are amazing. So yeah, we started shooting families at really good prices. I actually did a business model on how to make six figures with doing family photo shoots at what I was charging, which was... Are you ready? One hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, dude. Yeah. So one hundred and fifty bucks a photo shoot. I'm thinking I got to make a hundred thousand dollars or more. I need to do. I think it was like thirty photo shoots a month or something crazy or a week. I don't remember what it was, but it was crazy. You can do the math again. And going through that process, we started getting really busy with those because obviously we were dirt cheap, and we started getting really busy. Well, I had to up my price, up my price, up my price. And then one of our friends from a Bible study said, "Hey." We love your stuff. Will you do our wedding? And I, I honestly said, no, I won't do your wedding because you only have one shot. It's like, you missed that kiss. You missed this opportunity. You can't just go, hey, let's hit rewind and do that day over again. I missed the kiss. No, you're totally screwed over their wedding. Right. So I was a little bit of afraid to do it. I didn't know what to do. I didn't. So I basically, I did it for free. I do charge now, obviously. But a hundred um, bucks. Yeah, 150 bucks. <laughs> No, definitely a lot more than that. Um, but when it comes down to what we, you know, put out there with that one wedding, he begged us to do it. We didn't charge him. We did it for free because I figured if I screwed up, I pre-warned him that, hey, this is a one-shot opportunity. If I mess up, it's not my fault. You, you're making me do it. I'm not going to charge you, so I don't have to refund you money if I screw up. So I was really hoping for the best, as you can see. Right. So we did the wedding. We got to like three hours early. Then we role played like, okay, the bride's going to walk here. This I'm going to be here. You be over here. And Michelle and I running around like pretending like the bride's walking and like where we're going to be. And once it started, all that went out the door. I still remember looking at those photos now. And I look back at them. I'm like, they're, they're, I, the ideas behind them are really good. Understanding photography is a whole other ballpark. Right. And so it was challenging because, you know, it was our first major gig and we were the one directing everything. We didn't realize family photos. There's nobody helping you direct it. It's me. You know, bride and groom shots, bridal party photos. You have to get creative and think outside the box. So we're doing all this stuff and, you know, shooting from the hip, being our first wedding. Had a little cheat sheet in my pocket of photos, idea, you know, photo ideas for the bride and groom. And I'd like, as I'm walking, I'm pulling it out looking like, okay, bride holding hands. You know, with groom. I'm like, that's a good shot. What put year, your foreheads what year together. Is this? What year was this? This, this is, is 2008. Okay. Yeah, put your foreheads together. So this is pre-Instagram. Instagram oh, was like yeah. 2010 yeah. or something like that, yeah, right? This so, is, we're on Facebook here. Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. MySpace was still around. Okay. If anybody knows what MySpace is. Yeah. Who was your top eight? Who was... <laughs> 
You remember that? I don't remember any of that stuff, unfortunately. Tom, Tom. Yeah, Tom was, was Tom, definitely in Tom there for sure. Your, yeah, he yeah. was there. Um, would you consider yourself a creative person first who happens to be in business? Or would you consider yourself more a, a business person who happens to own a creative type? Photography, I find <clears throat> that there are amazing photographers out there. They're amazing. I mean, blow me away. But they suck at the business. Unfortunately, every business you do, whether you're a creative person or open up a coffee shop, there has to be some kind of people skills. You know, unless you're obviously just a paper pusher behind a desk, you don't need to talk to anybody, you're fine. But when it comes down to the business side of things, I was raised the business side and the sales skill side and all that stuff. I didn't realize, honestly, I had a creative side. I knew I had some kind of creativeness to me because I, I loved you know, arts, I love, you know, music, I love, you know, all the creative vibes there. I love, you know, paintings, I love all that stuff, you know, that are that are on the creative side. So I knew I always had it in me, but I didn't realize where, how deep it was. And I think that obviously you're born with a creative bone. You're born with, you know, I can dance because I was born with, you know, rhythm. Well, that's debatable. You can dance. <laughs> I've seen you dancing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But it's one of those things where when you have the creative side of things, you're forced to have the business side so you can learn business. I think that people can still learn creative, you know, and a lot of times people think, no, you have to be born with that. I didn't realize I had it, you know, and I know kids in high school today, they're all artsy. They're really creative. That's what they do. When they grow up, if they don't start learning business, they're going to be one of these broke photographers out there. You unfortunately have to learn both. And especially in an industry like wedding photography, right? Like think about the number of new wedding photographers. Yeah, if you walk into a Starbucks year, right? and say, I need a photographer, 10 people are going to exactly, raise their hands. Exactly. So and there's only nine people in there. I think a good example of that is what you just talked about. You came up with this idea of like, hey, I need to make some extra money. I'm going to photograph families and you upload it, your own family photos and all this stuff where it's like, most creative people nowadays or most photographers, they think they have to have the website first. They have to do a bunch of style shoots. They have to do, and they go on for six months without actually putting out anything, yeah. right? And so I think that's a good example and, and, and most likely a lesson that can be learned for other creatives. It's like, just do it. Just start putting stuff out and, and it's okay to polish your brand. And, and I mean, we're still polishing our brand. Exactly. You know, even to this day, where you're, if, if you, once you stop growing, you might as well shut your doors down. Right. You got to continue to learn. You got to continue to sharpen your skills. You got to continue to, you know, polish your brand. So if what's, not, you get stuck. So what's what's a typical day of Steve Lawson? Well, you know, I try to I try to work out every day, you know, to keep in shape because being at weddings, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're shooting weddings. You know, we do last year we did 131 weddings. So not just me. I mean, between my other photographer Rob, he's my business partner, myself. You know, we, I did about 75 weddings. I think it was like 76 weddings total for me. And then, but being on your feet Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you start to feel it by Sunday. So I like to try to stay in shape. That's how I keep this beautiful physique, you know? <laughs> but, um, you know, we we try to wake up in the morning, Do I try to get some emails done and kind of get my day started. I, I am attached to my phone, obviously. So when I wake up, most people hop on Instagram, I check emails. I want to see if there's any new leads. I want to make sure that I'm getting back to people because I'm impatient. So when I put something out there, I want information immediately. So I check my email. Then of course I check Instagram messages, all that stuff. Try to see if there's any context out there that people need information. Then I, you know, go to the gym, work out a little bit with my kids. 
my two older kids are really into fitness, so they come with me. And then I drop my other son off at CrossFit because he's insane and he does a workout at the gym and then CrossFit. But then, you know, I go back to the office, I'm editing, I'm doing emails and working and whatnot. And then photo shoots, typically I do one to two photo shoots a, a day with engagements, babies, kids, families, you know, all that good stuff. Um, but mainly my my main part of my day is getting back to brides. You know, we get a lot of leads per day. So I want to make sure I'm getting back to everybody on a timely manner and getting them information. I don't just send emails. I know that's a huge conflict out there in the sales world as people say, email is the best way to get them the information. You know, put it on your website, your prices. I disagree with that. That's just me. We, we're really busy. We make a lot of money and we do a lot of weddings. And if you're not doing more than me or making more money than me or shooting more than me, I don't really pay attention to what you're telling me. Exactly. Because my way is obviously working. But if your way is working, do it. Are there other creatives that you're typically turning to and, and kind of drawing inspiration from? Are you drawing inspiration from other mediums? And like, talk to me about what are those things that kind of get your creative juices flowing? You know, unfortunately, I don't have like people that I, I look out to. Um, I try. I actually try to stay out of the forums and stuff. I just don't have time for it. I've got seven kids. Right. My wife and I travel a lot. And I found that being involved in that, it would it would just eat my time up. Um, I do love learning. I love WPPI. I love going to things like that. Um, so I'm still obviously learning. But when it comes to like inspiration, honestly, I I find inspiration in the beauty that's around me in the in the in the nature that I see. And when I show up, I try to actually not pre-plan too much in my mind. I really try to go off of the essence of the bride and groom or the essence of the couple I'm shooting. Because I find that if I pre-plan too many shots in my head, that I'm setting myself up for failure because now what if the perfect shot I had in my mind doesn't happen or the location I had in mind doesn't work? So when I show up to a bride and groom, I ask them simple questions like, hey, tell me about your style. Are you guys more playful? Are you guys more sexy? Are you guys more you know, serious? Like, I try to get a vibe of who they are. And every shot I do, every direct, the way I direct, my jokes I tell, I really try to play it based upon who I'm shooting. So right. if it's a bride and groom, if it's you know birthday party photos, if it's a pregnancy shoot or whatever it is, modeling, whatever it is, I, I really want to know who I'm taking photos of. Dad. And in terms of the, the, the business side of things, do you find yourself exposing yourself to content like podcasts or books or anything like that that help you get the gears turning about new ideas, new ways to approach things or anything like that? I do. I'm a huge fan of education. I do love going to networking events. And um, I actually started my own networking events where I, I'm not as consistent as I need to be, but I love networking with what I call the wedding gatekeeper. So anybody and everybody involved in weddings, if you can you know, assist a bride and groom, come to the networking event. So I find that the best way for me is to talk to other you know, people in the industry, other businesses, and kind of figure out what it is they're doing, you know, bounce ideas off of makeup artists and like, how do you run your contracts? How do you do this? You know, things like that. You know, I find that's the best way for me to learn. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in figuring out from people who are not, who may be in your same industry or sometimes not even in the same industry, but getting advice or trying to dissect how other people are running their businesses or how they're approaching the creative side, right? So, because if not, you just end up with this eco chamber of everybody doing the same thing, right? Everybody yeah. copying everybody else, where if you look back, the best business 
the best creative people are always looking for inspiration outside of their fields, right? Yeah. They're putting these ideas together that you wouldn't right away think, oh, that makes sense. But when they do, it's like, oh, it, and it was right there in front of your face. Yeah. They, it just took somebody to kind of connect one and two together. Usually it's the most simple thing too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So what other things bring you joy outside of work? So we have um, a school bus that we converted to an RV. And so we're able to travel. We used to travel in a town and country minivan. And obviously having seven kids, we don't fit into a town and country minivan. So we bought a Nissan Envy, which which seats 12. We thought, oh man, we could travel the world in this thing. But (laughs) still, everyone's too close. They're falling asleep. You're carrying them into hotels, et cetera. It's just a pain in the butt. So we started looking at RVs. And RVs suck because they're really expensive. And again, they still have to be totally modified to fit our family. So you still have to do a whole bunch of construction in them. So we saw a bus actually on TV. Someone converted a bus on one of these like tiny home shows. My wife and my son Joshua were watching it. And they were like, that's the coolest thing in the world. So Michelle calls me and says, I want to buy a school bus. I said, babe, you're nuts. But here we are today. We have a school bus. And I I look back and I go, man, I wish I would have thought of this idea because then I could have taken all the credit. So right. she was totally right in the situation. The bus is cool because we bought a school bus down in Miami. How big is this for, I mean, for those listening? It's a 40-foot-long school bus. Jesus. It's a full-size school bus. It's an old handicapped bus, so it has the whole handicapped door on the side, which is cool because you get more storage, you know, bigger doors to get stuff in and out. When we drove it down, actually, you know, anything if you can drive in Miami, you can drive anywhere. Now, if you yeah. can drive a school bus in Miami, you can really drive anywhere. So I drove the school bus all over South Miami with this guy who said, hey, you ever drove a school bus before? I said, no. You ever drove anything as big? No. Well, here's the key is let's go do it. I was like, you're insane. So am I. Let's do this. So we drove around all over Miami in the school bus. I parked it back. He goes, back it in. I'm like, you want me to back this thing in? He's like, yeah, I'll make sure you're good. So I back it up. I go, this was the coolest thing in the world. So literally two days later, we drove back down and bought the school bus. Drove it back home. I remember pulling up to my neighborhood. All of my neighbors thought I was totally insane. I mean, I guess I would have too if my neighbor pulled up in a school bus. It was yellow. And they said, yeah, it's mine. I would have thought, you're insane. So well, with the amount of kids that you have, I would have thought you were starting your own school at yeah. that point. Like- well, we do homeschool. <laughs> so that's you know one of the we, one of the excuses we had, of, we had to have a school bus. So we ended up tearing all the seats out and you know remodeling the whole thing. And now taking advantage of the traveling, uh, we, because we're in South Florida, you know, Miami is a, uh, is a melting pot for every state, every country, there's people here. So when brides and grooms come to a wedding, they're either traveling or they're here and they have family somewhere else. We technically have clients all over the country. So we'll say where we're going and I book shoots along the way. My kids do the editing. So Caleb and Jacob, those are my two older kids, 17, 14. They both edit family shoots. They don't edit weddings yet, but they edit like family shoots, engagement shoots, stuff like that. So I whip open the laptop. I'm do I do the shoot, hand them the photos. They edit it while while we're driving to the next you know location. So I'm literally working from the road. The the challenge is I have weddings, so I have to fly back every so often for weddings. So the only time we can hit the road, we're on the road probably about total per year, about four months. Okay. You know, not all at once. It's like a month here, two weeks here, three weeks here, a month here. But my goal is to do about six months on the road and six months back home. You know, again, spread out six months. It's not just a straight six. Right. But that's the goal. You know, we love traveling, man. I, I The bus is parked on the side of my home. So I literally stared it out my window all day. And I'm like, I want to be on that bus. Bad. That's like your big why then. That is my big why. Well, my, my big, big why is 
family. That's obviously my big why. I, I know people will say save, 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 retire, and then travel. My goal is to enjoy my hard work now. I don't want to wait till I'm 65 to start enjoying my hard work. I want to enjoy my hard work now. I want to enjoy it with my kids. I want to be able to be young enough to hike up mountains. And, you know, we went to Mount Zion in Utah and we just pulled over on the side of the road and started hiking mountains, you know, and Bryce Canyon. There's right before you get there, there's beautiful Red Rock Canyon, which is go, go to town. I want to be able to be young enough with my kids to make those memories. You know, that that's my huge that's my huge why. Is this similar to how you were brought up like with the traveling or Unfortunately no. My mom's my mom passed away a couple of years ago and she was the most brilliant business person I've ever met in my life. Um Talking about her always makes me choke up. Yeah. <clears throat> I just remember growing up as a kid, we would go to these conferences and she would go Oh, there's an RV driving by. She goes, one day I'm going to buy that. We're going to travel. My whole life, that's what I heard. And on her deathbed, she said, oh, geez. She said, my only regret is that I never bought that RV. Hmm. Wow. Talking about her always makes me crazy. But she uh, that was the only regret she had. So she said, travel, you know, take the kids. Wow. Well, the one thing that I will say I, I'll, I'll never forget was when your mom passed away that you guys did the service at the beach and everything like we showed up and I did not expect to see that many people yeah. from all walks of life. Yeah. Uh, and even on Facebook when she passed away, I remember like seeing just people that I go, I had no idea you were somehow connected and they would have this incredible, beautiful, inspiring yeah. story of how they knew Susie and, and all of this stuff. And I was just like, this is amazing. This is a, a beautiful legacy. Um, there's a song that Jack Johnson sings that is uh, called Washing Dishes. And I'm not gonna be able to quote the song exactly, but there's a line that says, uh, one day are two words that get in the way of plans we should be making right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I, I remember always saying one day, one day, one day. And so I just, I don't wanna have that you know, be our story. You exactly. know, one day we'll do this. I wanted to just do it. So, what are some of the favorite family traditions that you guys have built up over years? So, I actually go through my calendar with my wife. Well, I'll go through first by myself because if I do it with my wife at first, she takes the whole year off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't win the lotto. I still have to work. So, I go through and I pre plan, you know, like 2020, I already have all my dates planned for when I'm traveling. She'll go through and add dates or change things like, you know, such and such birthdays on this this day, we got to be back for this or whatever it is. So she'll go through and modify that. And it typically starts off with about six months because that's always my goal is to be on the road for six months throughout the year. And so I first book all my family trips. Then I book, you know, my uh, appointments around that. So it's obviously family, weddings, you know, the big stuff. And then we go through and kind of pre-fill in all the other stuff. But my, my calendar which has is obviously, stuff on it. Which is obviously kind of different from what, if you talk to enough people, most people would plan their vacations and family time around yeah. their creative or their careers, right? So their yeah. business. I, a lot of times people don't run their calendar. Their calendar runs them. Exactly. And so I'm a big believer in me putting everything that I, that's important to me first in my calendar. Then I book stuff around it. 
So it's an appointment. If someone books me for their wedding on X date and somebody calls me and says, hey, can we do this? Sorry, I'm already booked, you know? So I look at it as a family vacation is an appointment. It's an appointment with my family. So I pre-booked those appointments first. So when someone calls me, I go, hey, sorry, I'm already booked. I don't need to give them an right. explanation of who I'm booked with. It's I'm booked yeah. with my family. So I have made uh, one of the family traditions that we have is first we book our whole family trips. We book everything that we want to do. And then we add work into it. So for me, it's like I can say, you know what? I want to make an extra, you know, extra amount of money. I want to make an extra $100,000 a year. Well, that's going to take away from my family time. So right. I right now in the season I'm in right now, what's my idea of success? Obviously, to be able to have the lifestyle we have to have, you have to make a certain amount of money. So I know I can't take off the whole year because then I don't meet my lifestyle needs. So first I pre-plan all that stuff, but I obviously have to still make sure I have time for work, you know, and things I love to do. So yes, I'm creative. I, yes, I love what I do, but a lot of times people that are in the creative industry or in any kind of business that you're an entrepreneur of any sort, you're, you leave your whole calendar wide open. You know, most of the times people go, I don't know how you do it. I go, let me see your calendar. I scroll back two, three months or go forward two or three months. And it's empty. It's empty. There's nothing in there. Right. And they're just waiting to fill it up with stuff. Because it's that fear of, well, I, I don't want to book that vacation because what yeah, if what that if one that? wedding comes in? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love, I love hearing people say that to me where they're like, oh, I can't do that because, you know, I, I have to come back for this appointment. I'm going to, you know, I have a shoot that I schedule. So I'm going to have to cut my trip early. You're making 400, 500 bucks for that shoot. Stay on your vacation, dude. Yeah. Exactly. That's just me. You know, my idea of success has totally changed. Before it was, I want to make a million dollars. You know, my idea of success now is I want to make a million memories. So it's just a totally different mindset. But at the end of the day, obviously, you still have to pay your bills. I get it. I have a lot of bills. I've got seven kids. We have a family of nine. Going to Chipotle is expensive for us. <laughs> <laughs> and Chipotle is easy to eat at. And that's, you know, inexpensive. But we go out, you know, we're spending, you know, 100 bucks easy. Which leads into the topic of the wild and free losses, right? So yeah. give a little bit of background into what that is and for those that may have not seen the news lately. Yeah, so we have created, and it's kind of our mantra, it's kind of like our, our, our mindset as well as wild and free. So we are the wild and free losses. That's the name of our Instagram for our school bus. That's the page that is all about our travels with our school bus. And that wild and free Lawson's has created almost like a lifestyle. You know, we just kind of go, all right, we got to get to Maine. Here's what's on our route to Maine. Where do you want to stop? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to get to here? Do you want to get to there? And we just kind of start driving. Uh, matter of fact, I have a funny story. We were in, we were on our way to Cody, Wyoming to go visit friends. And we were in Nashville on 12th South, which is a cool strip. And we were eating popsicles in this place. It's all organic, cool popsicles. We're at this park sitting there. Michelle looks at me and she goes, I want some pizza. Now we're vegan now, but back then we weren't. So we were like, I know some good, we, we can find some good pizza joints around here. She goes, no, no, no. I want Chicago deep dish pizza. I said, babe, Chicago is like northeast of here. We're going west, like far west. And she goes, she looked at me, she made the hashtag, you know, the symbol with your hands hashtag. Wild and free, baby. And I was like, <laughs> rubbed it in your face. We're going to Chicago. <laughs> so we drove through Indiana and we stopped and picked apples and had this the most amazing time in Indiana. Then we drove to Chicago, had obviously deep, deep dish pizza. 
uh, Michelle's aunt. She's from Chicago, so she has a her heart's there. Obviously, she has family there. So we we had uh, dinner with her family, and we said, "Where do we go now? We're going to Cody." They go, oh, go to Lake Geneva. It's amazing. So we're like, all right, cool. We'll stop in Lake Geneva. We had no idea. But Lake Geneva still to this day is one of our best spots. Like we have some insane memories from Lake Geneva. I ended up staying extra day. Um, longer than we, we had planned on staying. When we got there, we're like, we'll just stay one day and we keep going. And we ended up staying, you know, the extra day. So we're there for a full 48 hours when we really only wanted to stay like 10 hours. We, we ended up staying a full 48. And we had the most amazing time. But if we didn't go off track, and be wild and free, we wouldn't have had apple picking. We wouldn't have had dinner with her family. We wouldn't have had late Geneva. You wouldn't have any of those memories. It'd all be gone. So to me, that's just, you know, it's our lifestyle brand. And so obviously lately it's been building a lot of buzz. Yeah. Talk we've to me. we've uh, turned down seven TV shows now. I want to do it. My family's like, all oh, my kids are like, I don't want cameras around 24-7. I go, they're not going to be around 24-7. When you get to sleep, there's no cameras there. They're like, yeah, but we're awake. There'll be cameras everywhere, you know. And it's, it's. I understand the whole, the whole aspect of the privacy for the kids. I get it. I just look at branding and marketing right. to take our business nationally yeah, even yeah, more. Exactly. You know, everybody will know us as the crazy wild and free Lawsons. But yeah, we've been on Fox News. We've been on TV shows in, I think it was South Korea. Or, yeah, it was definitely South Korea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a Korean TV show on. The Wild and Free Lawsons, they just took like Instagram photos and videos and stuff. Uh, it was crazy. But I wasn't really sure about how it was going to pan out. I didn't hear anything about it. I got a bunch of people write us messages in other languages. That was kind of interesting. So, yeah, we have a bunch of followers that we don't know where they're from. It's weird. Fox News, been on that TV, sh- that that news article, um, a news thing in the UK. And then here we've been on Channel 7 a few times. You know, just different things. I mean, it's it's awesome. We we enjoy the whole, you know, being out there with the the creative elements that it comes with. It. It's weird at the same time because you get a lot of people write really weird stuff in the comments, which always make me laugh because they're like, "You need to get off food stamps and start working." It's like finish reading the article. I right. have a job, right? You know, and it's it's funny to me. So is this where you thought you would be, you know, go back 10 years? Like, how has it turned out differently? You know, did I ever imagine myself traveling like we're traveling? No. You know, I've never dreamt that. But it just kind of became more and more of that excitement, that drive of, man, if I work hard these weekends, you know, I could take this time off and take a month off and travel here. Um, Never in my wildest dreams that I ever planned that. I definitely suggest that people hop off the rat race, you know, get off the rat wheel and start enjoying life. Life goes by fast. And you learn that when you're, you know, you have a family member that passes away, you learn how short life really is. And, you know, she wanted to be at my kids' weddings, you know, but she's not going to be. It's like you plan all these things for your future. And I know so many people that go, man, right now I'm going to bust my butt. I'm going to work hard. And there is a season for that, no doubt. So many other people are planning so far in advance. Like when I'm, you know, I want to retire. I want to be able to travel and do this and do that. Or we just had kids. We can't do this right now because we have a newborn baby. Take the baby with you. You know, that's going to make the baby more flexible with being out of the elements of, you know, the comfort zone of your own home. Right. So we're a big fan of breaking that mold that people have. So if you could go back 
10 years, what would you say to yourself? I would, well, 10 years ago, you know, I, I had that awakening of, you know, getting out of the real estate market and getting into the photography where I'm happy as can be, I did that. So I definitely would have said, get into photography because here's the, here's why, blah, blah, blah. But I definitely would have taken more time off when I was in real estate. I mean, I was the first one in the last one out. And like, I would tell anybody right now, the same thing I would tell myself 10 years ago is pre-plan your days off, enjoy your time, work hard so that you can enjoy your time now. Like I always say when that song, work hard, play hard comes on, you know, that's my theme song. It's work hard, play hard. People see me and they go, man, you're always traveling. You're always doing this, you're always doing that. But they don't see how many hours I'm putting in when I'm in town. Because a lot of times people say, I want your lifestyle. I don't know if you really do. I don't know if you can really handle the hours and that, that high, what I call hyper-focus. What would be, so somebody followed you around for a week. What do you think would be their biggest takeaway that they are not expecting coming in? Well, every time someone's in the car with me, during the day, like that's my office, is my car. I'm on the phone nonstop. I mean, I literally talk to 15 to 20 brides a day. It doesn't stop. The calls just don't, they don't stop coming in. So people get in the car with me and they're like, all right, let's talk. I'm like, I can't talk now. I gotta make this call. I gotta do this. So my kids, my family, you know, everybody knows when it's during the week and it's not a day off or we're traveling or whatever, that phone is attached to my face. I'm constantly returning phone calls and making, and making calls, but I'm literally bouncing around all over the place. Now I want to jump into what I call the Miami rapid fire questions. So okay. I'm just going to shoot a few different questions at you related to Miami and you can just give me your off the top of your head answers. Best spot in Miami for you to get inspiration from, or in your case, favorite spot to shoot at? I do love Wynwood. Uh, Wynwood is such a cool vibe. I think it's, I think it's so cool. They took a rugged city, you know, projects, warehouses, and turned it into what it is today. Because I remember going to Wynwood when Wynwood was not Wynwood. When you did not want to be in Wynwood. No, you're like, you, you want graffiti there. walls? I know where some graffiti <laughs> walls are, but I have to hire private security to follow us around. <laughs> it was rough. And now you see what it's become and it's so, it's so exciting. I do love that. I think it's awesome. Is it getting overplayed? I think, you know, yes, but I still love Wynwood. I love going down there. It's a lot of fun. I also love South Point Park. I love beaches. Also the design district. There's that um, St. Roach uh, food market. I think that's the name of it. I'm probably saying it totally wrong, but do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -mm. No. Oh my gosh. It's a, it's literally this like food, like, yeah, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, have you ever been to Philadelphia? No. Bo Boston? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't have a bus that I, <laughs> <laughs> so there's these places like in Philadelphia called Reading Terminal and it's literally you walk in and it's just local shops of food and you walk through and there's all these different food, okay. like Really cool food vibes. Well, I've always said, man, we need one of these things in Florida. They have one. It's at the design district okay. and it's awesome. And there's a vegan bake shop and then there's, you know, AI, there's Asian food. There's, uh, I've got pizza. There's, I mean, uh, there's a coffee shop. I don't even know. There's, there's just so much. You can get hummus. You can get, I'm definitely butchering all the different things they right. have there. So they're going to hear this and be like, this guy is a horrible sales rep for us. But it's awesome. I mean, I just love going down there. So That's awesome. Favorite food spot or food dish in Miami? Well, so I'm a huge foodie. But because we are now vegan, 
there's a few vegan places that we love. Um, Glam Vegan, which is in obviously also like Midtown Design District area. Um, I do love that new food mart that I just told you about. Food mart sounds really ghetto, but you know, you know where I'm trying to go with it. It's the Food Utopia. And um, one of our new favorite restaurants actually is called Love or Live Love or Love Live or something like that. It's in Wynwood. And it's awesome. It's an all vegan restaurant and it's one of our favorite joints. They have everything that you can think of. What's your go-to thing to order there? Uh, well, I've been trying everything on their menu now because I just, there's so just many going down options. The list. I'm literally going down the list. <laughs> but the other day I had their jackfruit uh, tacos and it's an, it's on point. It was on point. Oh my gosh. I'm probably going to have lunch there today. Awesome. My mouth is watering for it. Another food spot that I cannot believe I forgot about. This is an iconic spot. Have you been to Steve's Pizza? Yes, I have. It, pretty much everybody has. So growing up as a kid, Michelle grew up in Biscayne Park. Is it Park. yours? I don't know. No, no. Okay. I wish I did. <laughs> growing up, Michelle grew up in Biscayne <laughs> Park. I grew up in Miami Shores. We grew up both going separately to Steve's Pizza our whole lives and never once met, but we always have like the same experience with all these places all over Miami. And then when we got married, we're like, oh, I know this best pizza joint. She's like, oh, I know the best pizza joint. I say, well, we'll go to yours. Where, where's yours? Steve's Pizza. That's mine. You know, it's like one of those, uh, like, oh my gosh, we, we're definitely meant to be together. So Steve's Pizza, I actually had Steve's Pizza last night. Uh, we do it with no cheese. I'm pretty sure the, the dough is not vegan, unfortunately, but I'm not going to tell myself that. It's vegan in my opinion, but just no <laughs> cheese. Loaded up with those vegetables, but man, they're, it's just awesome. Favorite song to jam out to in the car when you're in Miami traffic? And you're not on phone call with I was one say, of 15 I brides. I don't listen to much music anymore <laughs> because when I do, I get distracted. And then obviously I'm not getting my calls done. And when I get home, I'm like, oh crap, I still have calls to make. Actually, my playlist, it looks like it's schizophrenic because I literally have like gangster rap. I've got country. I've got, I've even got salsa music in there. I've got everything. But for me, I mean, I always put on like some Zach Brown. Zach Brown is one of my favorites. You know, that's my, my chill music. Are there any quotes that you try to live by? Hmm. I mean, obviously the one song that I mentioned before, which is the, you know, one day or two words that get in the way of plans we should be making right now. That's something actually that is huge because I still to this day catch myself often saying, oh, one day we're going to do that. Oh, we'll do that one day. We'll do that soon. We'll do this, you know, and I catch myself saying, I'm like, oh, crap, I got to stop saying that and actually let's do this. Let's live in the now, you know, let's make it happen. Any exciting projects, anything that you kind of want to share with the listeners, anything that you're working on, anything that's coming up that you want to share with people out there for, for them to check out? Actually, there is something. So we, we started a company called The Wedding Heroes and The Wedding Heroes started before my mom passed away. And it was a company that was going to connect other wedding gatekeepers to brides and be like classes I was going to teach. My mom passed away. Everything got put on hold. And now we're just starting to get that back off the ground. So we're doing interviews with other wedding gatekeepers and going and showing off their business and giving tips to brides. And then so I am starting to get that back off the ground, which I'm really excited about. We started doing videos with you know, makeup artists and, you know, dress, you know, makers and different things like that. So we're excited about getting that off the ground. So the Wedding Heroes is something that we're definitely excited about because I want to connect wedding gatekeepers to brides. And I also want to help brides plan a stress-free wedding that rocks. 
That to me is the most important thing. Because when you look back at your wedding day, we don't want you to look back and go, oh, I'm so happy this day's over. And a lot of times people go into it with, I can't wait till this day's over. That's sad. Mm-hmm. I want people to go in going, I'm so excited about today, I never want it to end. Right. So when you plan a stress-free wedding that rocks, <clears throat> And that, your vendors, and that your vendors feel the same way, right? Of that course, yeah, because if we're all excited. on the same page, yeah. then the bride and groom's experience is going to be awesome. Right. So, I mean, I am a huge, a huge fan of that. Awesome. Um, tell people how they can connect with you, where they should look you up, online, Instagram, all of that good stuff. So, Instagram, Michelle Lawson Photography, and The Wild and Free Lawson. Those are the two main, main Instagrams. If you are really interested in seeing how nuts I am, I post a lot of fun selfies with people. Um, I do high five competitions at Disney World with random strangers and all kinds of crazy stuff that for some reason I love to do and embarrass everybody around me. But you know that's on my Instagram, Steve Lawson. And then my wife's is Michelle Lawson. So if you're a family and you want to read like a true mom's heart and like, you know, like a, a family of seven or a family of nine with seven kids, she loves to pour her heart and soul into real... Like people see your Instagram posts and they go, oh my gosh, you guys are living the life. She actually writes about struggles. Like, oh man, this is what happened today. You know, here's how we got through it. So she's a real inspiration to moms and to families. So I love posting her, giving her credit for people to check out. But Michelle Lawson, Steve Lawson, Michelle Lawson Photography, Wild and Free Lawsons. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes, all the links, all of the URLs, everything. Sweet. Brother, anything that I did not bring up that you want to bring up? You know, one thing that came to mind just now was people ask me all the time, what was the secret? What was the, you know, secret ingredient to going from zero weddings to 86 weddings your first year? And honestly, we just prayed and we said, God, open doors only you could open. I mean, now we've shot things like the Super Bowl. We've been to multiple times. The Masters, Daytona 500, like we've done some major events, which are doors you can't just easily walk through. These are people that are seeking us. So we look back and we're like, wow, okay, pray. That 100% will help you. Very cool. God definitely gets all the glory. Steve, thank you. You're welcome. It was great having you. No, it was absolutely great being here, man. It was, this was a cool experience. Awesome, man. Thank you. You got it. Hey guys, this is Corrado again. Just wanted to share two quick things before you take off. One, for detailed show notes, recommendations of people or businesses you'd love to see featured on the show, and even more, head over to miamicreators.com. And two, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this with someone you think would find it interesting. That's it. Until next time, thank you for listening.